Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I'm your host, and uh, today, the day of recording is Friday, the 5th of February. And as usual, shortly Chris will be joining us to talk all things cruise news and maritime history. Later in the show, very excited, we've got a special guest. Alistair is joining us from Viking to uh, talk us through what steps and procedures have been put in, put in place on their ocean and river ships uh, to be ready for the return of cruising uh, when we can do so again. Um, but a quick shout out. Thank you to everybody who has been engaging with us online and in the socials. It's great to hear from so many of you. But if I could ask one favor, if you like what you're listening to, please send it to two people you think might like this podcast. By doing that, we can uh, get ourselves back into the the top of the iTunes chart in various places around the world. So uh, as I say, if you like what you're listening to, just send it on, recommend it to two people, and I'll be forever grateful. But without further ado, let's jump straight into today's show. Of course, it is always our pleasure to welcome our good friend and maritime historian to the show, Chris Frame. Welcome back. Great to be back again, Baz. How's your yeah. week been? Yeah, very good, very good. And um, I actually got a little lead for maritime history from one of your videos last week. So I did send it through to you, uh, yep. but just for the, the purpose of the listeners, um, somebody was commenting on one of your videos about other uses for cruise ships mm. and you know what have they been used for over the years other than... Uh, ocean liners or cruise ships so um, I'll let you answer I can think of two uses but I'll let you uh, give us your answer well what were the two uses that you can think of and I'll try and cover those off okay Um, hospitals and floating hotels yeah because there's been quite a few different uses for um, passenger ships and like an alternate um, use for them during particular times but those are the two actually that um, that are probably the ones that are most regularly brought up particularly during these times Um, hospital ships is sort of like why can't they use the um, empty cruise ships or the laid up cruise ships um, as hospital ships to help with the the COVID crisis and this is something that has been done in the past uh, with with passenger ships 
you saw quite a lot of hospital ships being utilized during uh, conflicts, particularly um, mm-hmm. in World War One, um, in World War Two, and also in, in earlier conflicts than that, such as the um, Crimean War, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is a bit well, quite different to what we're facing today, because during wartime, the the land-based infrastructure gets very badly damaged. And when you're um, fighting in a place that's hostile towards you, um, you can't just, you know, utilize those hospital facilities that exist. So um, militaries around the world would quite often uh, requisition passenger ships and convert them into hospital ships. And this would see, um, so if we think about from a passenger ship perspective, a mechanical passenger ship with engines and that sort of thing. This is the age after the age of sail. This is the age of steam. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. They were utilized during the Crimean War, for example, as as hospital ships. Those are the older, smaller ships. But if we think about perhaps when hospital ships were most um, iconic, I suppose, um, is during World War One, when the UK utilized many of the large passenger liners as hospital ships. And so you had... Uh, the Britannic, which was the unfinished sister ship of Titanic, never actually mm-hmm. entered passenger service, was immediately requisitioned from the shipyard and put into service as a hospital ship. And also Cunard's Aquitania and Mauritania, two very, at the time, very large ocean liners for um, the, the North Atlantic run. They were also converted into hospital ships. And so interior-wise, all of the beautiful finery and fittings and fixtures were all stripped out. Um, you had like the main dining rooms were converted into into large hospital wards. Um, smaller bars and lounges were utilized um, as sort of made up as um, operating theaters and recovery rooms. Um, in fact, even the interior promenades where the, there were sheltered promenade decks, they were used for for sort of recovery areas for for people who were um, recovering from from either illness or injury. And Mm -hmm. the passenger accommodation, some of it was, again, uh, reconfigured for hospital use. Others was used for housing the doctors and the nurses and the crew that were still required to run the ship and that sort of thing. Um, And what they could do with these then is that, um, say, for example, in in a conflict situation, they could um, anchor them uh, off the coast, but far enough away that back, particularly during World War One, that, uh, you know, aviation wasn't what it is today. So... Yeah, uh, it was relatively safe there, off the coast, away from the um, away from the conflict, and it would allow uh, them to then transport the injured to the hospital ship and utilize that to to do their recovery. Um, during COVID, of course, not quite as possible because this is um, a virus situation. Uh, land-based hospitals um, still exist. I mean, I know there's a lot of strain on a lot of hospitals, but to then try and set up a hospital ship. You'd have to then bring people from those land-based hospitals and, and take the sort of trained staff away from the land infrastructure and put it um, onto the ship, which again would just add extra strain to, mm-hmm. um, to, to the hospitals on land. And also, of course, um, it's not the same as like during wartime. So um, the, the injuries on board, the ships could be, could be treated on the ships. But here we've got sort of a, an airborne um, concern with, uh, yep. with the virus. So the, these passenger ships just aren't designed for sort of negative pressure rooms and that sort of thing on on mass for people to to recover from that the other one is hotel ships um many uh people think like the ships particularly could be used as hotels after they're finished operating as as cruise ships this has been done of course 
the QE2 in Dubai, the Queen Mary in uh, Long Beach, California, and the Rotterdam in Rotterdam are three examples that, that come course, to mind. Of course, yeah. Yeah, but they're, you know, you think about all the passenger ships that have existed, they're pretty rare. Um, and a lot of this is to do with the fact that these ships are designed for, you know, to, to move. They're designed to be at sea. They, they require a lot of upkeep. They've got a large number of, um, of rooms. So in order to make them financially viable, they do need to sort of be traveling full uh, when they're operating as a hotel on land. You have all those expenses still and the interior of the ship, of course, designed for uh, passenger voyages with sort of many different styles of cabins, many different classes in some cases with the older ships, interior rooms, which you don't really see in hotels um, yeah. usually around the world. And then we've got this um, uh, this this situation there where um, even when they're retired, you still have to try and upkeep all of the um, the steel and the and the construction of the ship. So it's quite hard. And even the Queen Mary, which has been around since um, you know as a hotel since the nineteen sixties, uh, she's gone through numerous operators during her her time there because it is quite a difficult thing to do. Which is probably one of the reasons why you don't see it happening all that often. Yeah, fair enough. I guess the other use for, uh, and in a similar vein, um, floating hotels, but for the Olympics, it's only a very short window, but many of the, the major cities around the world have uh, called upon the cruise industry to uh, to boost their accommodation numbers. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, we saw it in um, in Sydney, obviously, um, in, in Athens in 2004. Mm-hmm. It was quite a lot of uh, passenger ships. And in fact, even a brand new passenger ship, Queen Mary 2, had only been out of uh, in service for less than a year, and she was utilized as a, a floating hotel in Athens. Um, and she actually hosted former presidents, uh, British oh, prime wow. minister, and the U.S. men's basketball team. So, <laughs> and, and also, Baz, actually, uh, funnily enough, the America's Cup, when it was um, being uh, defended oh, yeah. here in Australia um, for the for the race coming into into Fremantle, a number of um, cruise ships uh, actually operated as floating hotels in in Fremantle Harbour. Wow, that was the eighties from memory, wasn't it? Yes, the, yeah, the exactly. yeah, yeah. They had the the Kili Laro and the Vista Fjord and the Island uh, Island Princess. I think it was one of the love boats was here. So yeah, it was um, ah. quite something. Yeah, uh, some some great answers there. As uh, as always, uh, you you got your finger on the pulse when it comes to what's going on in the maritime history world. Uh, we'll move into cruise news next. Um, actually, now before we do that, I'm going to uh, leave you with a listener question, which I'm going to give you some time to. Uh, to think about you can come back with the answer for next week's maritime history um celeste wrote in via the website thebigcruisepodcast.com if you have a question you can do so just head to the top right hand corner join the show send in your question and uh, celeste said my late uncle worked on a multi-use ship that i think delivered mail supplies and passengers to a small island saint helena in the Mm -hmm. south atlantic what do you know of the ship and service uh, that's gonna that's gonna be a good one to to have a chat about next week baz Uh, okay the saint helena is a um famous little little ship and she offered a vital service for um uh for that island which at the time and until just recently actually didn't have an a, a serviceable airport so um Ooh. yeah some good history there you wanted it next week did you yeah, we'll we'll answer that one next week. Yeah, yeah we've sure. got uh, Sounds good. a busy show, cool. and I'll, to be fair, I'll give you time to uh, get your dates and things in line if you need oh, to. No but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to to look into these, particularly the interesting histories like 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 um, that particular ship. She had a um, an interesting career, but we'll save it for next week so we don't give it all away today. 
Okay, perfect. Now, straight into uh, cruise news, we have got a bit of bad news that came out of North America overnight, particularly from Canada. Mm. They have extended their cruise uh, pause or cruise ban through till February 2022, which is, uh, you know, a whole year away. Now, there is a little bit of light in that tunnel because they have said that they will review it regularly. And if COVID changes uh, or improves, um, then they are willing to uh, to bring that date uh, close to. Um, but um, not great news for for cruising particularly to alaska and of course to uh, canada and new england but um we'll see what happens over the coming months with that one we'll head straight into more positive news uh, because our friends at pno um they have just taken their newest ship out of wet dock yeah so pno australia's new ship pacific encounter she's the former star princess which is uh, a grand class yeah a grand class ship for used to sail with um princess cruises um, she's actually the third in the grand class. So one of the, you know, one of the originals, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and her sister ship was the, um, former golden princess, which is uh, Pacific adventure, which has also joined this, you know, Australia fleet, but encounters just been up in Singapore. She's had, um, a refit work done up there. Um, and probably exterior wise, the most noticeable is the P&O Australia livery has been applied. So it's got the, the bow art on the front um, of the ship, mm-hmm. which is sort of, sort of like um, stars and some, some stripy wave kind of designs. Um, and on her funnel, the princess logo, very iconic princess logo has been removed and the P&O logo has been added on. And those letters look enormous. Um, yeah, it's 20 meters wide and eight meters high. And then... On the inside, um, they've done some treatments inside the ship. So they've got the Waterfront Restaurant, which is P&O's signature restaurant. Um, they've also installed Dragon Lady, which is their alternate dining venue. And they've got the Luke Mangan um, Celebrity Chef venue mm-hmm. on board, um, an Australian-style pub and all those sorts of things that make the, the ship feel like a P&O Australia ship. Um, and so there'll be three ships in the fleet. Um this was always planned. It wasn't, this isn't, this isn't a COVID situation. This has been part of the PNO plan for a while. And all three ships have a heritage that date back to, um, uh, to Princess Cruises. So there's some similarity there between the interior design and layout and the cabin style and stuff. So it's, it's good for the brand and it's great for Australian cruises. Yeah, great to see three sisters or three almost identical sisters in the uh, in the fleet there. Mm. And uh, personally, I think we said a couple of weeks ago, can't wait to, uh, to experience this, uh, this new PNO Australia. Mm, exactly. Now, keeping in Australia, APT, our good friends there, Australian Pacific Touring, they have a partnership with um, Noble Caledonian mm. and operate small ship expedition cruising. And um, they've just launched six new itineraries for Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, some really cool ones here. There's um, voyages to Cape York. There's voyages to Tasmania. They've got a special Melbourne Cup, Cup cruise. Um, they're doing cruises across the Barrier Reef and, of course, also over to New Zealand. So some uh, trans-Tasman voyages as well. So there's definitely a lot of choice there and uh, something for you to, to look at if you want to do some localized cruising. Yeah, I'll put the, the list of cruises actually in the show notes so that people can look at them. But there's pretty much options from April of this year through to April of 2022. Um, now, Viking uh, Vikings seem to be in our news every week oh, at the minute. Yes, They've got really, stuff going on all over yeah, the show. They're, they're, they're doing a lot. <laughs> They've just released their 2022-23 River Cruise brochure here in Australia. Yes, absolutely. And again, it's a very wide-ranging selection. And Viking's an interesting brand because it has ocean cruising and river cruising. So river cruising is something that I think um, will rebound probably even quicker than ocean cruising uh, for reasons Mm -hmm. that we've discussed in previous podcasts. But um, there's a 
a selection of voyages across Europe, Asia, um, Egypt, um, and they're also uh, uh, introducing their newest ship, their first US-based ship, Viking Mississippi. Um, so she'll be doing cruises. Uh, this particular release is from August 2022, um, and they'll also they're also featuring their new um, Asian cruise ship um, as well. So lots of so lots of choice there and uh, different uh, itineraries that you can you can look at. Um, and again, far enough out that it's hopefully after borders have reopened and it shouldn't cause too much disruption. Yeah, and I think we've said a couple of times over the last couple of podcasts, you know, when you think of river cruising, you straight away think of European river mm. cruising, typically Amsterdam to Budapest, but there is so much more in that that brochure that um, if you have done the typical uh, river cruise throughout Europe, then you're bound to find something else that may interest you in there. And of course, I get links to that in the show notes as well. Um, Fred Olson, we haven't spoken about them for a couple of weeks, but uh, they've just launched seven new itineraries. Yeah, so they're sort of reborn, I suppose, in so, in so much as they've got two new ships, uh, Barlet and Borealis, which are two former mm-hmm. um, Holland America ships, beautiful ships, um, which have joined uh, Bremer and Balmoral. So they've got a sort of refreshed fleet there. Um, this particular uh, um, 2022 voyages uh, include um, sailings to Norway, you can go there on all of the four ships. So all four ships are going on Norwegian cruises. The idea behind it is it's a Northern Lights experience. So um, in late winter and early spring, um, and there's a variety of different departure ports as well. So of course Southampton, which is the most uh, popular port in the in the UK, and uh, and Liverpool on the um, west coast there of of England. But you can also depart from Newcastle and Edinburgh as well. So four ships doing voyages, um, and they're really making the most of sending them all to take advantage of the uh, of the northern winter. Yeah, great news for, for regional cruising out of the UK. And um, if you have ever dreamt of seeing the Northern Lights, highly recommend you put it on your bucket list because it is absolutely spectacular. Of course, it can't be guaranteed, um, but um, they, you know you're going at the right time of year to to, to give you the best opportunity there. Um, next up, we've got some news from Emerald um, Waterways. Now, for our listeners in the UK, you will know who Emerald Waterways is. For our listeners here in Australia, Emerald Waterways was previously known as Evergreen, um, but they have just rebranded um, to standardise their offering across uh, Australia and the UK. So what, uh, what are Emerald talking about? Yeah, so 2022, um, a whole series of um, river voyages have been released. Um, and there's a series of cruises across um, the waterways, particularly in Germany, uh, including, of course, the Rhine and the Danube. Uh, but the other one that's, that really pops out, Baz, is a visit. Um, I think I said it's a, a once in a, in a sort of decade style decade, yeah. Um, experience. Yeah, visiting Amsterdam for the Horticulture Expo. So, you yeah. know, the, one of the things about river cruising that I think that appeals is that that kind of um, slower paced lifestyle where you can kind of get off the off the ship and go and see local attractions and then kind of come back to the ship by foot and that sort of thing. And to, to utilize it to, to visit a, a special event like that is actually quite a good use for that type of, of um, cruise experience. Yeah. So I think that'd be quite a lovely experience to, to be part of. Yeah, and Floriade is very, very popular. I haven't been to Floriade, but I have been out to the tulip fields in springtime. Mm-hmm. My 
What an impressive um, show that is. So I can only imagine what this uh, once every 10 year event is, mm. is like. Yeah. Um, great, great news for, for Emerald's uh, passengers. Now, um, staying in Australia, um, Celebrity has just overnight, or just a couple of days ago, uh, confirmed the Australia New Zealand deployment for 2022 and 23. Who's coming down? Yeah, Celebrity Eclipse is coming our way, which is oh, great news. One of their um, lovely big. Um, ships and you know celebrity is a very popular brand even in Australia and and New Zealand as well um, they've had you know presence here prior to the cruise pause with um, ships like Solstice who spent long periods of time here so they have got a um, a good following in this part of the world but to send a, a different ship this time which is which is nice gives the people who are regulars with celebrity a chance to try a different ship but also um, you know introduces a whole new group of people to to this celebrity experience and um they're uh you know going to be here for a particularly long period of time as well from um, september 22 all the way through to april 2023 yeah that's much longer than usual normally they don't get here till kind of uh, late october early november mm. so uh well it's just that, that as this as the australian cruise market had um, evolved we'd seen more ships spending more time down here it wasn't just that that solid summer season, but it started to sort of um, go on, start earlier Either and end side. later, which is which was really nice, really reassuring for the Australian cruise industry that uh, a brand like Celebrity is committing to that uh, again in the future. Yeah, and for our listeners, if you're not aware, Eclipse is uh, one of the Solstice class mm-hmm. of ships, which is a very beautiful uh, class of ships. Yeah, with, uh, the celebrity the profile. Fleet. They've got the twin funnels there. It's the same class of ship. It looks very similar on the outside to to Solstice, which has been in Australian waters before. But um, uh, but interior wise, of course, she's got her yep. own personality, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. And staying in the premium market, Holland America have just announced their their grand voyages. Now, for them, grand voyages are anything that's more than 30-odd days. Mm. Um, so we've got 2022 and 2023 yep. um, grand voyages now open for booking. Where are we heading to? What can we go on? Well, you can go on the Zandam and the Volendam, which are two of Holland America's – they're the smallest ships in, in the fleet now um, and, uh, yep. and the oldest as well. But um, – you know they they're unique in their design. They're they're very similar to Amsterdam and Rotterdam, which were, of course, sold over to Fred Olsen. But um, for how now mm-hmm. they're probably um, two of the ones that I'm most keen to try. I think because they've got sort of their own style, their own deck plans, their own um, ambience, and that sort of thing that makes them quite unique amongst uh, mm-hmm. modern day cruise ships. Um, and so 2022, Zandam's doing a. a, a full world cruise 128 nights around the world um, and she's also taking in a 79 78 night african voyage um, and volendam's doing a, a vo- big long grand voyage as you said to south america as well in 2022 and then the following year um, zandam's back at it with the world cruises um, and volendam is also doing another um, special long voyage to south america so uh, i think there's you know pretty detailed information about where the actual ports of call are on the Holland America website um, but the the thing that really stands out to me is yeah. that the the um, uh, the Volendam's voyage in 2022 doesn't just take in South America but also takes in Antarctica which I think is something that's yeah. quite different quite unique and for a ship of that scale to be able to go on board and see Antarctica I mean it's certainly uh, much larger than the 
and then the usual cruise ships that go down the expedition voyages that way. So that's quite exciting. Yeah, no, it is, it is. And it will be very popular, um, as it always is. I think that they, they used to do that itinerary on the Princendam um, mm. previously, so yes. it's uh, good to see one of the, the, the still smaller but larger than the Princendam yeah, I mean, ships. Yeah, was, was the baby of the fleet. And again, she she's um, sold pre, pre-COVID. She's been out of the fleet for a while. But I think, you know, regulars of, of travelling on her miss having that ship. And so to see them using... Um, they're, they're, now they're smaller ships, but you know these are sizable vessels. They're not small by any means. Um, uh, t- to pick up these voyages is, is quite um, quite interesting. And I think um, you know if anyone's you know going to se- uh, Southern Ocean and into um, Antarctica is kind of known for the rough seas that you can experience down that way. So the bigger the ship, the more stable it is, the, the, the better. Now, this past week, the CDC, which is the Center for Disease Control mm. in the US, has made uh, an announcement. They have, yes, masks. Masks for travel. Um, and it'll be required for um, all travelers going, moving around in the United States. Uh, I think we probably, people have probably heard um, uh, there's been some changes, obviously, in the way that uh, they're handling COVID over in the US. And there's a I think it's mandatory now for flying as well um, in the UK, um, the US rather, um, but also for cruising. And when you're at cruise ports, you will need to be masked up as well. So, um, you know, you'll, you'll see that um, when cruising resumes. And for those cruises, uh, like small local cruises and river cruises and that sort of thing that have resumed in the United States, um, you you, uh, you will notice people wearing masks and also when they're in the actual ports doing their um, embarkation and disembarkation as well. Yeah, I did put a call into a couple of um, people at the cruise lines here in Australia to say, I mean, obviously, most cruise lines have got some tie to, to the US in some way, but uh, when the ships are down here, they're operating in our, our waters, visiting Australian and New Zealand ports, will masks also be a requirement? And that is yet to be decided. Mm. So I think it's a pretty much a wait and see. But as you know, here in Western Australia, we've uh, we've just uh, coming towards the end of a snap five-day lockdown. Mm. And I have to say, I think masks have pretty much been well embraced by the, the, the mass majority. So uh, yeah. I don't think it'll be a, too much of a problem. If people are willing to go on a cruise and know they have to wear a mask, I'm pretty sure they'll yeah. they'll do the right thing. I think a lot of people now, it's been long enough um, with COVID, have, have got themselves organized with um, uh, with, reu- with a reusable fabric masks that you can put filters into some of them there's all sorts of options that are a bit more comfortable than yep. the um you know the the kind of construction workers style um, n95 masks yeah. that people were wearing at the beginning I, I think there's um all sorts of different options and people can brand up their masks they can stylize them they've got them in different fabrics and colors you can match it with your outfit so yeah, it is something that i think people are starting to embrace around the world as a as a new normal but it'll be interesting to know when cruising resumes um in, in different areas particularly in, in light of the conversation that you the comment you made about made about canada at the beginning whether or not cruising is going to be resuming during a period where you know there's still outbreaks and that sort of thing or if it's going to be after the the vaccine's really well uh, embedded and what kind of impact that will have on the rules as yeah. well yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, one last little bit of news. Um, mm. We did know that Majesty of the Seas had been sold previously. Um, we've just found out this week that it's uh, arrived into to Athens. Yep. Uh, do we know any more than that? Uh, so she's gone off to, to Athens now. 
um, awaiting um, her future use. And uh, interestingly enough, Athens and, and uh, Piraeus, which is, of course, the port there, is a quite a busy place at the moment because you've got ships that are um, waiting to start new careers with um, celestial cruisers, for example, the former Costa Mia Romantica, um, but also um, many of the ships that have gone to sea jets are in that, yeah. in that area as well. So, um, you know, ships like Oceana from um, P&O Cruises, which has which has moved across. We've got some of the former P&O, one of the former P&O Australia ships, which is um, which is up there, um, and, um, and and a couple of um, former Holland America line ships, I think, also were, were sold to Sea yeah. Jets as well. So they've been they've been buying up um, the older cruise ships, and and you know Sea Jets was a ferry operator before. Um, before the cruising shut down. So what they're going to do exactly with these ships is, is anyone's guess, but yeah, they're, um, they're not, they're not connected uh, from as far as I'm aware with majesty of the seas, but um, yep. it's just going to be interesting, a great opportunity for ship spotters and for photographers to see this sort of fleet of older cruise ships all coming together in, in Greece. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's always been uh, part of the traditional maritime uh, mm. history kind of era being the uh, strong mariners, the, the, the Greeks, of course. Sure. Now, um, you've always got a good video out. I know last week's video was particularly well uh, received by uh, your audience, and uh, you hit a milestone this last week, so well done on Thank reaching 200,000 subscribers. Is that right? No, 200,000? I wish it was 200,000. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, Baz. That'll be next. Okay, well, now that you've said that on the podcast, all the listeners have to go and subscribe, and maybe we'll get to 200,000. <laughs> The 20,000 subscribers, the video itself from last week's had uh, about 275,000 views. So that was quite exciting. Oh, that's where I got it too. Yeah, yeah. That's the one about, um, so I did a video about who's still on board the empty cruise ships and looking at what the crew are doing on board and who's still required to stay on the ship as crew. Um, And that's obviously um, something that people are clearly very interested in because it's just in the last uh, week or so, so many views, so many, so many comments, so many people sharing their thoughts. So it's been great. Brilliant. And have you got a video coming out uh, this weekend or next week at all? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Um, this one coming out uh, this weekend is looking at why the cruise lines are still building cruise ships when, um, when they can't sell them anywhere um, at the moment. So it kind of came off the back of um, our conversation, Baz, about um, – Vikings new ship and how they'd put in a, oh, yeah. a new order and of course um, that is something I mean there's I've done other videos about some of the newer ships that are being built including um, Iona and um, you know Mardi Gras and that sort of thing and I do get comments from people saying you know they're scra- at the same time they're scrapping all these loved loved cruise ships like the fantasy and the inspiration and that sort of thing they're building new ones uh, you know why why build the new one instead of just keeping the old one laid up until the cruising resumes and so just looking into that about sort of what the lead times are on uh, on construction of cruise ship why cruise lines are updating their fleets and why covid isn't stopping that from happening because obviously this is something that's for a, a 20 30 year investment so um, yeah, uh, hopefully. sounds like a very interesting video. Of yeah. course, uh, the link to your YouTube channel is always in the show notes. And Thanks, um, once your video is live, I'll also share it on uh, the uh, Big Cruise podcast social pages as well. Chris, it is always a pleasure, mate. Friday's come around very, very quickly, Thanks, and I'll be speaking to you again very, very soon. Cheers, Thanks mate. So
did I mention there's a little way you can help keep this uh, podcast on air? That's right, just for the cost of a coffee, uh, so about four Aussie dollars, about two pounds something, about two euros something, um, you can make a donation and that helps uh, keep the lights on and keep the, the podcast uh, producing in, the, in this weekly format. Um, or you can join up as a member and make a, a monthly uh, subscription and in return receive some incredible um, bonus material as well. Um, all the details are on the show notes of each individual podcast or you can head to uh, the website buymeacoffee forward slash the big cruise pod. And uh, we look forward to uh, shouting you out if you are able to uh, to make a little donation. Thanks in advance. Okay, next up on the podcast, we've got a very special guest. It's not very often that we uh, get to invite some of our colleagues and peers from the, the cruise industry. But this week, we've got Alistair Byrne, who is the one of the commercial team at uh, Viking Cruises here in Australia. Alistair, welcome to the show. Hi, Baz. How are you? Good. Yeah, good, mate. Good. Thanks very Thanks much. Thanks for uh, sparing us a little bit of your time. Um, we're going to spend a couple of weeks now introducing a different cruise line every week and asking them to share what they can about what life will be like back on the ships when things are back to normal and we're up and operating per post-COVID. Uh, I know Viking's very pioneering in this space, um, but we were talking off air just before and you were saying that um, you know, you've been part of the Viking team for some time, but you're getting a lot of questions that have never previously come up before, not only from the travel trade, but also from consumers at events and things that you've hosted. So what kind of things are people asking now? So yeah, the, the key things that we're being asked at the moment is really about social distancing. So I think social distancing has really become the norm um, in, mm-hmm. in society in general. So really about the, the size of the ships, the space of the ships um, that, that we have. Uh, also the health and safety protocols, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit more um, as we go, but um, really about the, the personal space. So things like uh, the staterooms, the sizes, the verandas, um, also the facilities inside. So things like the, um, the full facilities, such as coffee machines, the minibar, um, on-demand TV, and movies, uh, Wi-Fi access, and things like that as well. Um, so these are really the things that, that, that a lot of people are, are actually starting to talk about. Um, also dining, so things like um, in-room dining and, and things like that as well. So it's really interesting to see the, the questions that we're receiving from, from trade and clients direct um, to, yeah. to actually talk about things that really haven't been come up before. They've, they've really been sort of secondary to the experience. Yeah. Um, but really, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the main things that we, we've actually seen now. Um, I guess uh, one of the, the first things to mention is obviously your ships are of a certain size. They, they carry a fewer guests than some of the big white ships that are out there. But um, am I right in thinking that almost all of your staterooms are veranda staterooms? That's correct, yes. Yeah. So, so uh, direct access. Yeah, so 930 guests on board all of our ships. So um, with our ocean ships, we have um, seven ocean ships now. Uh, they're all mm-hmm. sister ships, all 930 guests um, with um, 465 all veranda staterooms. So every single room has a, a full walkout veranda with table and chairs. Um, we also include everything that I mentioned previously that we're being asked for, um, and also 24-hour uh, complimentary room service as well. So people can actually have that, that sanctuary um, as, I, as I said before, to be able to to get away from from everybody else if they choose to do so. Yeah, and I guess having such a young ocean fleet um, lends itself to the fact that you know all the, the the most recent filtration systems for air and everything are pretty much already on board. 
That's correct. So um, all of our ships are already equipped with independent air handling units. Um, that basically means that every single stateroom has their own air conditioning system. Uh, it's actually the same air conditioning system that's used in hospitals. Um, oh, okay. We've actually upgraded those um, with the new CDC regulations, um, which basically um, all of the air handling systems have been upgraded with what's called short wavelength ultraviolet, so UVC lights, um, which have new um, high density filters, which basically f- uh, fil- uh, filtrates the air to um, to a higher standard, um, and it actually kills ninety nine point nine nine percent of all known bacteria and viruses. So, oh wow, yeah. Um, one thing that um, I found incredible, I think it was back in November, um, Viking announced that they were going to install the first full scale. Um, PCR lab um, at sea. Um, how's that gone? Yep. So um, all of our ships currently are being fitted out. Um, the first ship in our fleet back in November, Viking Star, was actually fitted out uh, with the PCR testing laboratory. Uh, what this does, it's actually an industry first. Um, and what that allows us to do, it's actually an unprecedented um testing capacity across the cruise industry, um, which enables us to basically conduct a, a test for every single crew member and every single guest every day with a non-invasive saliva test. Uh, These will actually be then tested on board and that's something that will happen daily uh, through the, uh, throughout the whole cruise. Brilliant. Oh, so I actually thought it was the, uh, the, kind of evasive up your nose test, but it's actually the saliva test, nope. which is yep. also very accurate as well. So basically they will be delivered to the uh, to the staterooms. Um, all you need to do is open up the, the, the little tube, um, yep. put a little bit of saliva in there, and then that's picked up from the stateroom, taken away and, and tested on a, on a daily basis as well. Um, what we've found, we've actually welcomed, so the CDC, uh, so the Center for Disease and Control yeah. and Prevention, have actually announced the, the guidelines. We've been working very, very closely with them. Um, and through their research and our independent research as well, um, we believe that continuous PCR testing um, is actually the, the way forward and the only way to really safely operate. So we've actually committed to doing that that every day. Um, On board our river ships as well, uh, we will be conducting the exact same tests. It's just that we will actually have the PCR laboratories based along the riverways, so they'll actually be onshore. Of course. But exactly the same process will will take place through, through our river ships as well. Yeah, not exactly a, a, an abundance of extra space available on the riverboat. Yeah, so exactly. it's, it's good that you've, you've... to fit out seventy river ships with uh, with PCR, um, you know, as a very costly exercise as well. So yeah, just not not possible. Um, we actually have had that on Viking Star since November last year. Uh, we've been doing that on board with the crew. So we have a skeleton crew on board all of our ocean ships, um, and yeah. as as uh, we stand today, it's been a hundred percent effective. So, oh, so it's been testing and has been working. So, yeah, really, really, really great. And, uh, you know, looking forward to rolling that out when we were able to to resume sailing. Brilliant news. And um, I think late last year or early this year, you appointed a new um, kind of chief medical advisor. That's correct. So back in November as well, we announced um, our new chief health officer. Um, her name is Raquel Bono, MD. 
Um, she's actually uh, comes from the US military. So she comes from the, the Navy Medical Corps. She actually recently led the Washington State medical um, and healthcare systems um, in response to COVID-19. Uh, oh. So she's actually been brought on board and, and uh, come on with us full time, uh, really to develop and define the new, the new protocols um, to, to actually restart um, sailing as, as quickly as possible. Incredible. Mm. Um, of course, these are all big measures. There's also little things that are happening uh, kind of not behind the scenes, but uh, on board as well. Um, obviously, uh, the CDC has mentioned that uh, self-service buffets will no longer be, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, yeah. I think uh, you guys have pretty done well in uh, offering serve buffets uh, previously anyway. That's, that's correct. Yeah. So, I mean, on board our actual ships in terms of sanitization, we've We've not really had to change much. Um, we already have the the cleanest ships at sea, um, and we have the highest scoring ships in the the CDC inspections. So, in mm. terms of the, um, the the process, we haven't really needed to change a, a huge amount. Uh, we have um, enhanced the the sanitization protocols. Uh, so the the the, um, the surfaces will continue to be disinfected. Um, we do have a twenty four hour cleaning roster, which we've had before as well. Um, one thing which is very, very cool, we actually have um, introduced and we're testing at the moment sanitization robots. So they oh, wow. are little uh, R2-D2 robots, which will actually go around the, um, uh, the, the crew and the public areas uh, where they'll actually treat, um, again, through UVC lighting, uh, they'll actually treat the surfaces and the areas as well, which again is a, a cruise industry first. Um, so they're they're fantastic. Um, the other thing that we'll be introducing is health checks. So guests will actually complete a digital health questionnaire prior to travel, um, and the temperatures will actually be regulated on board and regularly um, touched. They'll actually be through touchless ther- thermometers and thermal cameras. So All we right. don't actually have the the temperature guns, which which everybody's yep. seen. So um, as people embark and disembark from their shore excursions, there will be there won't actually be any of that so we can we can really just um, keep things as, as normal as possible um, the other thing that we're doing we've we've actually um, enhanced our onshore program as well so with our shore excursions so the Viking included shore excursions um, that we include uh, they will be um, measures put in place to um, actually exceed the local guidelines. Um, so we'll have okay. the Viking guidelines and also the local guidelines in, in country um, to to look at things like social distancing and, and other precautions that have in place as well. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're good to go. So as soon as, uh, as soon as things are ready, um, you know, we're, we're, we're really, really good to, uh, to go. Torsten Hagen, who's actually the, um, the, the owner of Viking, um, has mm-hmm. actually publicly stated that Viking will actually have the cleanest spaces of anywhere on the earth. So it'll actually be, um, cleaner to be on our, on our ships than anywhere else on earth. So, um, you oh, know, definitely. we've got, We've got everything ready and, and ready to go when when obviously we can uh, resume sailing. Hopefully sooner rather than later for everyone, because there's absolutely uh, from the group. a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are are itching to get back out again. 
That's, that is too right. Um, now, everything we've spoken about here, I'm going to include within the show notes, including, I think you mentioned you've got a great video there from, from Torsten, so we'll, we'll make sure we include that for the listeners to, to absorb as well. Um, now, before we let you go, in a minute I'll let you have a shameless plug for, for Viking and, and things that are happening. We do include you in the, the, the cruise news every week almost, um, but I've got three quick questions for you, and I haven't told you about these, so no. just off the cuff. <laughs> okay. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Mediterranean or Northern Europe? Northern Europe. It's where I'm from, so I have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you could get on a ship tomorrow and go anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Oh, I think I would have to say, I was actually speaking about this this morning, I would actually have to say Canada. Ah. Um, I would love, I've never been to Canada before. I've traveled a lot, but I've never been to Canada before, and I'd love to go and do the... Uh, the um, the passage up there so the inside passage and and do that so yeah definitely uh yeah the 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 western side of canada i think would be my would be my choice great um and a little shameless plug for viking what promotions and kind of things are out there in the, the marketplace right uh, now? so currently we have everything in market so we have um the most expansive program of any cruise line out there so we have got 22 and 23 available to book we yeah. are only asking at the moment for a $500 per person deposit. So again, you can um, book and deposit uh, now for cruises in 22 and, and 23. Uh, we are filling up. Um, we're, we're about 70% full for 22 already. So one of the things um, is, I guess, a bit of a myth in the industry is is that you know nobody's booking and 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 so on. Um, we're actually seeing it the other way around. So um, if you want the cruise that you uh, that you're looking the itinerary um, or the stateroom or the the date, then really looking uh, forward um, twenty two and twenty three, we we have to get booked in very very quickly. Uh, currently, we have our discovery sale. Um, on offer that runs uh, up until the 31st of March. That's offering $5,600 or up to $5,600 of savings. Um, We also have air credits available um, and also on our closer to home cruises, which have been very, very popular, um, our Australia, New Zealand cruises, we've also got um, air credits towards business class as well. Um, We've also just launched all of our brand new ships. So we're still um, going forward. So we've got our expedition on sale as well, which has got some great offers. Um, we also have our Mississippi, um, which is sold out now for 22, but there's availability for 23. We've got a brand new ship on the Mekong. So a really yeah. beautiful 80 um, capacity ship. So a really great intimate experience, which is available now to, to book for 22 and 23. Um, and we also have some brand new ships announced for the Nile as well. So anybody looking to head out to Egypt, um, we've got uh, two brand new ships there, um, which which are ready to sail. Um, and also in France, we've got our brand new um, Seine ships, which will be uh, allow us to come. So especially designed hulls and engines, which will actually allow us to come right into the heart of Paris now. So one of the only crew oh, that can do that, uh, where we'll actually dock just a 10 minute walk from the Eiffel Tower. Which is yep. which is great. So they've actually been ready since May last year, <laughs> and they're sitting ready, <laughs> um, ready for the the resumption of resumption of sailing. So yeah, we've got some fantastic product, uh, some some fantastic new product on the way. Um, all of our ships are 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 still on schedule. So um, our brand new ocean ship was just launched 
uh, Viking Venus was launched um, in January, so ready to sail. Um, we've got the expedition ships, which just had their float out, which are ready to, to go, and they're on track. Um, and also the uh, the hull um, and the keel have just been uh, fabricated for the brand new, our eighth ocean ship, Viking Mars. Um, so that's um, on its way as well. So there's lots and lots of great things happening um, at Viking. Um, so, yeah. Um, check us out. Yeah, nothing, nothing stands still at Viking. That's for sure. You, no, you certainly no, make it into our cruise news almost every week yeah, without we've, fail. We've certainly not, um, you know, been hiding for the last twelve months. You know, we've we've still been out and about. And uh, you know, uh, if you listen to the the video that you'll you'll see in the the show notes, you'll see that that um, we're we're very excited about the future. Um, Torsten, the owner, is very excited about the future and uh, excited about bringing some some fantastic product to to our guests um, worldwide. Brilliant news. Alistair, pleasure to have you on the show, mate. Thank you for sharing all that great information. As I said, we will put everything in the show notes for people to uh, follow up in more detail. Um, until uh, next time, we'll, uh, we'll get you back on the podcast soon, I'm sure. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.